You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. It's Monday, January 8th, and we're talking some Brewers baseball. We bring in Brewers reporter for MLB.com, Adam McAlvey. Happy New Year to you, Adam. Five weeks, still about a, about a, over a month till pitchers and catchers report to spring training. And for some of us around the country, it can't come soon enough. But let's start off before we get into the way the lineup, rotation, everything to look in 2018. Let's just take a step back and look at the offseason as a whole for the Brewers. Has the team, the organization accomplished what they set out to do coming into this offseason? Well, I would say yes but there is definitely room for more. The The clear priority going into the winter was to add depth to the starting rotation, um, partially because the Brewers will be without Jimmy Nelson for the first couple of months of the year. He's going to resume throwing in spring training. So he's going to be sidelined for you know several months of 2018. Uh, that was partially what was behind wanting to add some experience there. And they did it with Jolie Chassin and maybe Ronnie Gallardo, who will have to win a spot, but he has a long history in this organization, throwing a little bit harder at the end of last year. The numbers weren't very good the last two years, but I think he's going to have a shot to come in and win one of those jobs, uh, at least temporarily, while Jimmy Nelson completes his rehab. So they've got some options there. Um, it sort of pushed their other guys down the depth chart a little bit. They've got some strength in numbers, um, and I think David Stearns feels better about what he has in that rotation. He feels better today than he did going into the winter. That said, I mean, there's you know, lots of different teams can say this. There's still room to add because there are still so many players who are out there available on the free agent market and really even guys potentially available in trade um, that we haven't seen consummated yet. So there certainly is room to add. Uh, I would be... At this point, surprised if David Stearns didn't have a few significant moves left up his sleeve. Again, I think that's true of many GMs in this oddly quiet offseason. Yeah, it has been odd. I mean, when you look at the amount of free agents still out there and big names, and one of those names, Lorenzo Cain, I saw linked to the Brewers. Is that something that could potentially materialize here, or is that more of a long shot? Well, look, I think you know the answer to both is yes. Um, it's a long shot in that it would – it would probably be a move with another move behind it. Um, the Brewers are well-stocked with outfielders. They have, you know, Ryan Braun, Domingo Santana on the corner. Santana's coming up 30 homers. He's not going anywhere. Then in center field, they have Keon Broxton coming off 2020. And, yes, a lot of strikeouts, but also, you know, some positives there. And still a developing player. Um, and, and he's going to have to fend off the two prospects, uh, Lewis Brinson and Brett Phillips. So that's five guys that uh, have a legit case to be on this major league team to begin the season. Adding Lorenzo Cain would obviously crowd, you know, probably that center field picture. And you would think that would be the precursor to David Stearns flipping someone of the names I just mentioned for a, a pretty notable starting pitcher. Um, so, you know, the fact that there are all those steps involved, I think, makes it a, a complicated deal like that a, a kind of by its nature a long shot. But you know, David Stearns has, I think, shown sort of a willingness to think outside of the box at various points in his tenure. He's made some trades that we didn't necessarily see coming. Um, and that would, you know, that signing would kind of add to that list. 
One small move, Adam, uh, that happened today, or, or minor move, I guess you'd say. Christian Bethencourt given a minor league contract, an invitation to Major League Camp. And Shohei Otani, everyone talks about him as a two-way player, but Bethencourt is a two-way player as well. He's a catcher and a pitcher. Talk a bit about him returning to Milwaukee and if um, we can expect to see him on the mound as well, potentially. Yeah, very briefly, there was hope that we had the second coming of Brooks Kieschnick in Milwaukee. Brooks actually reached out to a couple of us and came in by and visited the press box at some point uh, last summer, and it was really great to see him. He had a sort of a cult following in Milwaukee as he was mainly a reliever, but then he'd stay in and, and pinch hit, and he hit some long homers at Miller Park. Um, we thought maybe Bethancourt could be that, but Tom Flanagan, the Brewers' farm director, says no. He is coming in to be a catcher. So it looks like that experiment that sort of the Padres engineered over the last two seasons where he would pitch, stay in the game to hit, and perhaps move to the outfield for a batter or come back in to to face another right-handed hitter. There's a lot of flexibility if if a guy can pull this off, but it appears that experiment now is going to be put on the shelf and he is going to join the Brewers' catching ranks which, by the way, are very crowded. I mean, they've got – they used four catchers last year. All of them are back, uh, led by Manny Pena and Steven Vogt, sort of a right-left platoon. Then they have Jet Bandy, a guy that the Brewers uh, – David Stearns traded Martin Maldonado, who went on to win the American League Gold Glove, to the Angels in order to get Jet Bandy. It showed you that they, the Brewers were pretty high on what Bandy could do. That didn't – that was not realized in 2017, but Bandy is out of options and coming back. And then Andrew Susak is a – defensive guy who's going to be back in camp and is on the 40-man roster. So uh, that is a, that's a long list of guys with major league experience. I guess it falls into the category of, you know, can't have too much depth at a position, and it's going to be uh, sort of interesting to see how that shakes out. It, it, it would seem like it would, it would be surprising if all five of those players end up in the Brewers' system once the regular season begins. Um, so this uh, at least gives – David Stearns and his staff some, uh, some some flexibility to fill out their catching ranks. That's a good segue going into looking at the Brewers lineup now as a whole. So last season, tied for 20th in all of baseball and runs scored. They batted 249 only as a team, but they overcame obviously quite a bit to make that playoff push. So now looking at the lineup, shaping up for 2018, do you see improvements on that, or is it going to be a similar type lineup? How do you envision it? Well, this was, you know, we did this all around our, our 30 club sites. Um, this was an easy exercise for me because the Brewers haven't added, haven't added or subtracted anybody um, unless you count Neil Walker, who left as a free agent after spending the final most of the last two months with the Brewers. Um, so this lineup is going to look very familiar. Uh, the, the leadoff spot is going to, again, be a question. They do not have, like, a clear candidate for that unless Jonathan Villar can – get back to his 2016 form when he was such a dynamic player for David Stearns and the Brewers. But, you know, it's a more balanced group than it was going into last season when they just had acquired Eric Thames and Travis Shaw. They wanted some lefty pop. Both of those guys tied for the team lead with 31 homers. That was one of the big pluses of last season. Vote was a really nice player when he came over from Oakland on waivers. Uh, he'll, as I said, uh, pair with Manny Pena, a pretty good catching platoon for the Brewers. Stephen Vogt is working on his throwing, which doesn't help us for this exercise talking about the lineup. But if he can be a better defensive player, that, that platoon would look a whole lot better. Um, and then, you know, the question is kind of, to me, there are two big questions in this, this lineup. Uh, how is center field going to shake out? I ran down the names earlier. It's sort of Broxton, Brinson, Phillips. 
Brett Phillips being a lefty, the other two guys are righty hitters. So again, maybe a timeshare in store there from Craig Council. And then the big question for this team, and you know, stop if you've heard this before. We've dealt with this on this podcast many, many times. How much can you get out of Ryan Braun? And maybe people are tired of this topic. I apologize. It remains one of the most important factors for this team going into the next season. Uh, when he's healthy, he is their best hitter. Um, even at 33, he remains a, a real force when he's healthy. He was not healthy for wide swaths of last season. He's not been healthy for wide swaths of many recent seasons. So I think that still remains one of the big questions. It, it looks more and more and more like he is going to play out this contract in a Brewers uniform. Um, I think he's going to bat third again this next season. And how much production can they get out of Ryan Braun is, I think, going to answer a lot about how good this offense is. Definitely. I mean, that's, yeah, that's an intriguing point to watch and something that, as you said, we've talked about many times, but something that's significant for the Brewers in their lineup. Let's switch over to the rotation now. Milwaukee last season, 23rd in total runs allowed, but ninth in ERA. A lot of that due to a team that committed the third most errors in baseball. So let's let's look at the rotation now. You mentioned Jimmy Nelson before and how long he'll be out. So focus on the rotation and tell us how that's looking in 2018. Well, I like their top three. They are, you know, solid. If I don't know if you want to call them spectacular, but 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 respectable top three. And Chase Anderson, who had a really really good year last year, I think would be noticed a lot more around the game had he not missed time with a uh, an oblique injury that he suffered at the bat. Um, then Zach Davies, who is uh, still really young, a developing player. He led the team with 33 starts last year, a 3.90 ERA. That will definitely play in a guy who should continue to get better. Then you add Jolie Chassin, as we mentioned, the guy who was the Padres' opening day starter last season, another pretty durable pitcher coming off a good year. The uh, numbers guys really like what Chassin does. He has a great slider. There are a lot of analytical reasons to believe that he is going to be able to sustain the success he had last season. After that, you get into the questions for this Brewers team. And, you know, again, this is why I think there's room to add. If you add one more established guy to that mix, now you've got one spot to fill while Jimmy Nelson remains sidelined. As it looks right now to me, there's two. I, I have Brent Suter, the lefty, and Giovanni Gallardo, the, the veteran righty, in those final two spots right now. Suter doesn't wow scouts. Um, he just gets outs in the big leagues. And he made 14 starts for the Brewers. Um, mid-three ERA, works really fast, keeps hitters off balance. There was a famous at-bat at Yankee Stadium where Aaron Judge never moved his feet in the batter's box. He just stood planted there the whole time, kind of Little League style. Um, I, I, would, I would selfishly love to see what he could do with 20-plus starts in the major leagues. And I think, you know, right now it looks like he's got a chance. And then for Giovanni Gallardo, it's just a matter of health. Um, he was hurt for much of his Orioles tenure. He said he felt better last year with the Mariners. The numbers did not bear that out, but he was throwing harder, as I said, at the end of the year. It's not all velo, but for a guy like Ivan Gallardo, who when he's really good, the velocity played a big role in that. Um, I think he's going to get every opportunity to win that job. So then, you know, now you've got five, and now your depth is some of the, the players we saw bits of last season. Brandon Woodruff, a pitching prospect. Uh, Corbin Burns, a pitching prospect, who topped out at double-A last year but is inching closer to the big leagues. Junior Guerra was the Brewers' opening day starter last season, had a terrible year, injuries played a role in that. He's still on the team, and I think we'll have a a chance to be a bounce-back candidate for this club. 
And then there's this Josh Hader question, which is looming over everything this offseason. They haven't declared one way or the other. I think it's much more likely that he winds up in the bullpen than in the rotation. But he still is a guy who you could turn to as a starter if you need him. So those are some; those are legit arms. I mean, I think Cliff Council would feel good running any of those guys onto the mound next season. Um, it's a nice long list, gives you some protection from injuries and um, lack of performance and things like that. And then adding Jimmy Nelson at some point, whether it's June, July, after the All-Star break, whatever it turns out to be, uh, that's going to be a, a date. At some point, the Brewers will circle on their personal calendar and, and really look forward to because he took a big step last season. Uh, you know, he figured in the Cy Young vote. He, he was a, a top sort of elevated himself to number one status. And he will be a big addition for the Brewers uh, when he eventually makes it back. Adam, you mentioned uh, Corbin Burns just a couple minutes ago as well, and he was a part of of the rookie career development program that MLB continues. He was the Brewers participant in that right-handed pitcher um, prospect in the organization. Tell us a little bit about Burns and the progress he's made. Yeah, he was a a pretty unanimous choice uh, for pitcher of the year last year in the Brewers system. Um, I have, I've thought about this and I can't remember a player that I got more calls on after the Brewers drafted him than Corbin Burns. Um, I just heard from scouts. I heard from just people around the game who had heard of this guy or seen him pitch somewhere along the line. And they said, watch this guy fly up the system. He was a fourth round pick in 2016 from a small school, St. Mary's in in California. Um, And, you know, look, he's, Probably not going to be in the opening rotation for the Brewers this year. There's patience required in developing pitchers. This guy started last year at high A Carolina, then made it up to double A. But 16 starts at the double A level with a 210 ERA, um, it you know it catches your eye. So this is a uh, this is a, a pitcher on the rise for the Brewers. And the other player I mentioned was Brandon Woodruff, another prospect. Um, for a long, long time, the Brewers have been good at developing hitters and. Many teams in baseball have struggled to develop pitching. They like a couple of the guys that they have in their pipeline right now, and in Woodruff and Burns, they have a pair who are you know, inching ever closer to the big leagues. Woodruff got a little taste last year, but, but at some point in the near future, you figure those two guys are going to make up two-fifths of this rotation. MLB Pipeline's Jim Callis caught up with Corbin Burns at last weekend's Rookie Career Development Program, and here's what he had to say. Uh, Corbin, you're here at the Rookie Career Development Program. How much uh, did you know about the program before you were told you'd be coming here, and, and how beneficial do you think it'll be when you get to the big leagues to have gone through this, this type of training? Yeah, so besides being asked to come to it, um, you know, I'd heard about it maybe once or twice. Um, you know, didn't really know much about it. Um, you know, was asked by the Brewers to come to it, so I had a couple of guys in the area where I'm from in Bakersfield that had gone to it, so I talked to them, and you kind of had a good idea of what it was going to be like when I got here, and and now that I'm here, it's, it's great to be here with all the guys and you know, see the, some of the best you know, minor league players and some of the big league players in baseball right now. So it's, uh, you know, it's an honor to be here, and I'm you know, happy and taking in everything I can. You had a, a fantastic first full season in pro ball, made up to double A, had a, a sub-2 ERA. How much did you learn during your first full season? And despite all your success, what did you learn that you're going to have to make, what adjustments you're going to have to make to get up to the big leagues? Yeah, I learned a ton. Um, you know, from day one, get into spring training, you know, that's what it all started for me. Um, it was approached to make a couple of small, you know, mechanical change, not mechanical changes, delivery changes, and um, you know had some things we wanted to work on in spring training, and you know kind of took off from there. 
um, was able to start in high A ball um, in the Carolina League and learned a lot from um, manager and the pitching coach there and also the pitching coordinator that came through. Um, just wanted to stay consistent throughout the year, got off to a good start and was able to build on each start throughout the season. Um, was lucky enough to get the Colorado AA and continue to learn there with uh, the pitching coach and the manager there. And, um, you know, started to learn a lot when I got to Double A. Um, that's where you got a lot of the guys that have been around the system for a while, been in the minor leagues. So I was able to talk to some of the guys that have been there and you know, pick up some stuff from them, whether it's you know pitch sequences, you know how to get guys out, and basically just getting outs every day. Um, but it was, it was a really beneficial year for me, and uh, you know looking forward to to keep building on what I have because obviously you know there's a lot of things I want to build on and definitely want to get a lot better, and you know excited for what the future has for me. So, you know, having pitched in double-A, the, the major leagues aren't too far away. When, when you get to that level, do you find yourself kind of keeping an eye on what the Brewers have been doing in the offseason, making moves? You know, you hear them in, you know, trade talks, possibly interested in guys. Do you, how much do you follow that as, as a prospect who's trying to get up? Yeah, you know, during the season, you try to stay away from it. Um, you just try to focus on what you can do every day, whether it's in the weight room, on the field, trying to get better. Um, you, you know, in the offseason, you can stand, kind of drift toward it a little bit, you know, kind of down. You know, maybe playing some catch, working out. So it's always there to look at. But um, you know, I just just try to stay focused on what I can do. Um, you know, that's give 100% every day and just you know do what I can to contribute to the Brewers. Okay, we have a series, just kind of fun questions we're asking everybody. Um, what uniform number do you wear, and why do you wear that number? So I, I've worn a lot. Um, you know, growing up, I was wearing number 16. Um, you know, it's kind of been in the family. I think Dad wore 16, Uncle wore 16, and then you know, ever since I've been to pro ball, wore. Geez, I think I was 48 in spring training, 48 with Carolina, and then 30 when I got to, to Biloxi. So it's just kind of just kind of whatever they give me, just kind of rolling with it. Okay. How about, uh, do you have a celebrity people say you look like? I've, I've heard some, I've heard Brad Pitt. I don't, I don't know. It's, I don't see it. Um, <laughs> it's not know. a bad one to have, though. Uh, yeah, I take it, no, but uh, you know, I don't get that too often. So you could use that when you're in a, in a bar, hey, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Are you somebody on yeah, Brad Pitt? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. How about the, uh, the craziest baseball experience you've ever been a part of? Jeez, craziest baseball experience. Um, you know, the thing that comes to mind is um, you know, junior year of college, um, you know, getting getting to play in the regional for the first time as a school at St. Mary's. Um, you know, the, the amount of history that school has and to finally, you know, break in break into the postseason for the first time, win the conference championship. Um, that was kind of kind of, you know, a big point in baseball careers, you know, taking a team that, um, you know, in the past hadn't been, been so strong and um, under good... Uh, Good leadership from um, Eric Valenzuela to you know, to finally break into the regionals was pretty cool. How'd you do in the regionals? Uh, I think we lost the first two games and we were oh, done. Okay. But uh, it, was, it was a good experience just to get there. Yeah, no, I mean it's kind of like a stepping stone. It yeah. seems like a lot of times you get there and then you, the next team or you know down the road has exactly. that experience it's and builds on good, it. Good building block. Yeah. How about your uh, your favorite uh, MLB memory from your childhood? Favorite MLB memory. So I, I grew up an Angels fan. Okay. So, uh, you know, it's a, it's a faint memory, but the Angels went in, in 2002. Um, you know, I just got pictures and remember the game a little bit. But that was when I was, geez, eight or nine years old. So, so. But, uh, no, I always grew up an Angels fan, so it's pretty cool to have them win the, win the World Series. And lastly, just Adam, if we look at the, the bullpen here for the Brewers, usually the bullpen, a team, uh, part of a team that has the most turnover. How is the bullpen looking going into the 2018 campaign? Yeah, there's going to be some turnover. Uh, Anthony Swarzak was uh, really good for the Brewers after a midseason trade last year. They wanted to bring him back, made a two-year offer. He uh, got some more money from the Mets, so he went to New York. And, you know, that sort of changes the look of the whole group, that one guy, because you've got Corey Knable coming back as closer, all-star season last year. 
big-time strikeout numbers, really good fastball-curveball combo. You know, with Swarzak behind him, it's a really nice one-two punch at the end. Now they're going to have to fill that eighth inning with other guys. I think it further cements Josh Hader as a part of the pen, a guy that Craig Council can go to for, you know, a Joey Votto in a big spot, but probably more likely a multi-inning guy, um, kind of an Andrew Miller type, as he did for much of last season when Josh Hader had so much success. Uh, Jacob Barnes, they're going to have to count on again. Up and down last season, but, you know, a big arm, a good cutter, a guy with room for development and barring more moves from this team, I think a player that right now it looks like they're going to have to uh, count on a little bit. They've got Jeremy Jeffers back, their former closer. He's a kind of a bounce-back candidate. He did not have a great time in Texas after the Brewers traded him away. And then the, the only addition so far is a really interesting one, Boone Logan, a guy who has a long major league career, sort of as a left-handed specialist. Uh, he had a, a pretty devastating injury last year with Cleveland, a lat injury that I think for a time sort of called into question his career. The Brewers signed him to a really incentive-laden contract, and um, he's going to have a chance to sort of pair with Josh Hader, maybe be more the one batter guy, which will free Craig Council to use Hader where he wants and kind of multi-inning stints, matchups that he wants, et cetera. So, you know, a little turnover uh, for this Brewers team, but again, just like everything else with so few moves this year, it's going to be a lot of familiar names. Bullpen was a, a plus for this Brewers team last season. Craig Council is, you know, one of the managers that uses his starting rotation in kind of an interesting way. It's rare that guy goes third time through the order, so they do – uh, require a lot of innings out of their pen. And I think that, um, you know, they do have some arms with flexibility to go multi-innings, and I think Craig Council is going to make liberal use of that again in 2018. Our own Adam McAlvey joining us here. Adam, thanks very much for the time, my friend. Great stuff as always, and we'll talk to you again soon. I'm Darwin Zook, and thanks for tuning in on MLB.com Extras.